This episode of Transform Your Workplace is brought to you by Zenium HR. Today's episode is featuring Ravi Swaminathan. Ravi is the founder and CEO of Task Human. And in this episode today, we're describing how employers can help support the well being of their employees. Obviously, with the pandemic, the last couple of years, there's a giant spotlight on the well-being of our employees right now. And we're describing in, in this episode how employers could support this, what's out there, and new approaches that employers are implementing to help their employees for the long term. I think you're really going to enjoy this. There's a lot of cool new ideas in here that I hadn't really heard of or thought of before. So I hope you enjoyed this episode today with Ravi Swaminathan. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram. I love hearing from listeners about whether you like this episode, whether you like the show, and then also what you want to learn about long-term because I know I just sort of cherry-pick topics that I find interesting and I think that you would like, but hearing from my listeners is even more beneficial to me. So please reach out. I love hearing from you. Enjoy today's episode. Talk to you next week. It's so good to have you on the podcast. Thanks for coming on Transform Your Workplace. Brandon, it's uh, awesome to be here. Thank you for the opportunity to join you here. Yeah. So you're an expert in well-being, and, and we're going to talk about Task Human, your your company, uh, towards the end. But I want to talk about the last couple of years. It's been tough for a lot of employees and also employers, too, just trying to figure out how to support some of these people. What are some areas that employees need support with when it comes to their well-being right now? Yeah, you know, hardly an expert on well-being, but, you know, I'm a person on an individual level. <laughs> You're a person, that's all it matters. I'm on a journey, right? Uh, just like all of us are. And uh, But one thing that I and we as a company have been privileged to do is to actually serve a lot of employees across the world of various companies with their well-being. And, and we've certainly learned a lot of perspectives that I'm excited to share with you. But in general, you know, well-being is, it's, it's really hard to define well-being, um, you know, because there's really no standard definition of it. So I think the first thing to do is really to just ask ourselves, what does well-being mean for me, right, as an individual? And if you're an employee asking yourself the question, that is exactly where it should be. And so well-being, from our point of view and what we've realized is, well-being is whatever you feel. Um, you know, if you're feeling great, then, then you're great. You know, if you're feeling not so great, then that's okay too. Right? And, and then you get into the reasons for why you're feeling great or not great. And there, too, we've learned that um, ultimately everybody is different. And so, you know, if you have a pet that's running around, you know, eating your pillow, that's going to affect your well-being, right? It's going to affect that day and that time. And if, you're, if you have parents that you have to care for, if your kid's not doing well. So well-being is not just about one's own physical state, right? Maybe you have a few pounds to lose or, you know, you feel like you're in great shape physically, but, you know, mentally... You know, you're, you're struggling through some anxiety or stress. These things all affect your well-being. And so well-being is simply a state of you know, who you are and how you feel. And that can change depending on what you're going through physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, um, and what's going on around you with your kids, your, your family, your circle. 
And certainly, you know, what goes on at work affects your well-being as well, right? So it's all of that put together is really what well-being is. I like that perspective because, you know, everybody's different and it's just the state of where they're at in the moment. I mean, have you really reflected on yourself? Like, what have you needed during the last couple of years? I don't know if you've thought too much about that. I'm sure you have. But if your needs are different than the person next to you, I'm really curious what, what that's like for you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like uh, many people, you know, when the pandemic first hit, you know, it took a long adjustment. But I've sort of been lucky in that because I'm relatively self-aware and I've also had this context of kind of thinking about it for myself and for for others, I've done well. I think I've managed to kind of come through the last several years with, you know, with sort of not too many swings, I would say, in my overall well-being. Maybe gained a few extra pounds. Oh, haven't we all? Yeah. (laughs) But uh, but overall, you know, it's been, you know, I've kind of weathered through the storm, uh, I would say, relatively well. And I just happen to be the kind of personality I've had, sort of an even keel personality over the last several years. So I would say my stress levels are more or less the same. Kids are growing up kind of faster than I want, so things are good there. And then certainly on the physical aspect of things, I definitely have a few points to cut. <laughs> Do you, like if you look at it generally, do you think employees' well-being is, is better or worse than it was pre-pandemic? Yeah, I think generally, I think there's a heightened awareness that, you know, it's getting worse. And I I don't know if it's just because of the pandemic, but I think we're just, you know, over the last, I would say, 10 years, people are in a a worse spot well-being-wise, right? Whether that well-being is because of financial pressures or work or something in your life, right? Something in your environment. I mean, that's different for different people. But certainly, you know, a lot of the conversations we're having now is because, you know, collectively it's gotten worse. And I think there are solutions which we'll get into, right, and how to approach this and our perspectives on this. But, you know, we certainly feel that there is an increased heightening of awareness that it has gotten worse. And so definitely uh, we feel like things are a little bit, tad bit worse than, than they were before. Yeah, I do too. And I've thought a lot about this. I mean, not only for myself, but for other people too, because I think there's a lot of external things that are happening. I mean, obviously the pandemic, there's political divisiveness, there's work stress, there's all these external things. And then on the other side of it, I feel like people are stuck in their comfort zone. And I've thought just anecdotally about this, but I even read it on your website. You have a, a nice blog post on this topic of being in your comfort zone, how to recognize it. And I think too often people are just sort of stuck where they're at and it's mundane, it's boring, they're not growing. And that in itself is not good for your well-being. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, as we discussed, right, well-being is, is so many things. It's not just one thing. And, you know, part of how you kick yourself back into high gear is really just a better awareness of what is important to you, right? And it's whether it's people realizing, you know what, I'm in this job that I don't really care for, and that's leading to the great resignation, right? People reevaluating their priorities, or, you know, people just, you know, picking up new things, a new way of life, right? Uh, if you followed Airbnb's you know, results, they've kind of weathered the storm, despite people not traveling a whole lot during the pandemic, but it's it's because people are choosing to spend more time in the great outdoors or, you know, doing the things that matter for them, right? So you're starting to see people take stock of what's important to them and then, you know, getting out of that comfort zone, right, as you're calling it, and then being open to trying things, reevaluating your priorities, forming new ones, right, forming new priorities, and then really going and focusing on, what's important to you and your family, you know, if that's the circle that you work in right, or live in. And so so that reshaping of people's priorities, I would say, is definitely happening. Something I think a lot about is just 
whose responsibility well-being is and it's most certainly you know up to a person like you know your well-being you've got to be aware of how you're feeling and and take ownership over that but there's also this part of me is like employers should really get involved i mean if they want people to be happy healthy totally like completely engaged in their work and just like it's the right thing to do is to help people how do you think employers should get involved and is are there some things that you've seen that really work Oh, this is a great topic, you know, something we're super passionate about. You know, look, uh, we've all read articles about how Google paid for your laundry service and NapPods, right? I mean, all that stuff. Uh, what are they doing it for? And you always kind of assume, you know, they're probably doing it so they can keep me in the office longer so I can be more productive for them, right? That's always the lens in which you kind of evaluate those things as a casual reader, but, you know, every company does this, right? You know, your company might just have, you know, they, they might just say, you know what, for, for our employees, I'm going to get involved in certain aspects of their personal life and medical insurance to their, you know, spouse and kids, right? Uh, although you don't technically, you don't need to, right? That's not what the employer is there to do. But, you know, now it's the responsibility of every responsible employer to provide medical care for the family, not just the employee. Right. And then beyond that, people are doing free peanuts. You know, maybe they had a foosball table, a ping pong table. They paid for your lunch every once in a while or maybe all the time. So reality is over the last you know 20 years, employers have always done a little bit on what you might consider as my personal life. Right. You know, and then that expanded into things like fertility benefits for people having a hard time conceiving. Why should the company pay for that? And the answer is they're buying your loyalty, right? So over time, people have been choosing more and more, and companies have been choosing more and more areas of your personal life to support. Because I think, and this is what we talk about a lot on, you know, when we talk to companies, you you should accept the full employee for what they are, right? You know, you might, when you're interviewing somebody, uh, we just recently interviewed and hired an outstanding salesperson. She happens to be female and she was actually six months pregnant. And in her mind, she was thinking, hey, should I, should I bring it up now? Should I bring it up later, right? She brought it up at that point in the interview process. And we said, come as you are, right? You're actually disclosing that you are about to have a kid. Most of the time when you're hiring or recruiting or working with somebody, you don't even know what's on their mind. They may be dealing with a sick parent, you know, a child that they have to drop off at eight o'clock and pick up at five, right? So all these things in an employee's life does matter and should matter to the employer, right? We call this sort of, you know, pick people in as they are and help them along all of the dimensions of their life, not just with the view to make them productive, right? Imagine going to McKinsey and saying, you know, hey, we rolled out the stool or Goldman Sachs, right? We're rolling out this benefit because we want you to be more productive. They're already giving you everything they have. You better be doing something to help them balance the rest of their life. So, you know, we try to talk about in this in the lens of work-life integration. It's not work-life balance, right? Balance suggests that when something goes up, the other comes down, right? If you're working too much, your life goes off. If you're spending too much on your life, then maybe you're not as productive as work. Now, that's not the construct. It's really work-life integration. Right. It's recognizing we're all human beings. Right. Um, you know, for your readers that have watched Emily in Paris, you know, there's a guy there that says, you know, in France, we work to live. It's a recognition that ultimately work and life are all integrated. And as you take an employee in and ask them to do really well for you, right, give it their all 
to your company, hopefully you're helping them live their best life, right? Not just the portion of time that they're there to be productive for you, but hopefully you're, you're helping them with all of their life. And in, in that context, you asked a great question, how much of help should the, the employer give to the employee? And I would say, give it all you can. And we're seeing a lot of companies respond to that, you know, that type of a model because I think it's, you know, we're all human beings first. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, years ago, and this is true for a lot of companies still, but they would offer the traditional benefits packages like health insurance, dental, vision, a 401k, and, you know, everybody get the same thing. And now I've seen a shift to all these really unique perks and benefits that really fit the mold of the culture. And maybe even they go as far as individualizing it, like a a menu of benefits that they can offer and people can self-select. I mean, what's your perspective on where this is all going? Do you think employers are really starting to wake up to the fact that like, Hey, we want to support them as much as we can and make sure that light, you know, life is a little bit easier on them and that they're happy and engaged and, and all that. Yeah, no, super, super important point. And we're actually seeing that now. I mean, you know, we're able to have those conversations with people to say, hey, why do you care about mental well-being as a, you know, important theme, right? What about physical well-being? What are you doing for the employee that wants to lose weight, right? You know, and, and people have always tried to figure out, you know, how do I help them best, right? That's why you're seeing more companies maybe pay for gym memberships or, you know, or giving you sort of therapy benefits, right? Um, going beyond medical, dental, vision, life insurance, the usual stuff. And I think there's more to come. I mean, certainly not enough employers are uh, forward thinking in that front. Some of them may be having budget challenges, right? And thinking about how do I rationalize this to my CFO? What return do I get, right? So I think people are, and companies are having those internal conversations, but I think there's no choice but to move in this direction. If you want to attract the best talent, if you want to keep the best talent, Right. Right. And what's fascinating to me is I think with the well-being conversation, I mean, sure, like health insurance and retirement plans, those cost money. But I don't think everything around well-being has to cost money. Sometimes it's just a matter of like providing a resource or even, you know, as far as having somebody to talk to at work and just be able to let them or just connect. I mean, those things don't cost money. Recognition programs that helps well-being. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, spot on, right? And um, and I think there's a long list of things that fit any budget, right? Which is really a point, which is, you know, budget's not the reason not to do something. Certainly, if you had a healthy budget, you could do more, right? And depending on whether your budget is positive or not, right? But yeah, I, I think you're spot on, Brandon. There's no reason to use a lack of a budget to not do anything. But the more, you know, you're able to allocate in your mind, the more you recognize, right? I think in a way... I think our audience is going to appreciate the fact that the first step to any of this is just recognizing that the employee's life is the responsibility of the employer, right? And take responsibility, be do more, right? That's the lens. And then within that, the more can be whatever, right? It's, you know, uh, do more budget-friendly things or do more things that cost money, you know, if, if that's what, uh, if you're able to allocate that, right, depending on the company you are and, you know, what cash flow you have and all of that stuff. But Definitely do more. Do you have any personal go-tos for well-being tricks during the day? Like things that you might do to help your well-being throughout the workday? I mean, you talked about work-life integration. It means at any given moment, you're either working, you're personal, and, and it all kind of fits together. Is there anything that you do or encourage others to do to make sure that they're like strong mentally? 
Yeah, no, listen, I uh, I happen to have the benefit of working at Taskhaven, right? That's that's our company. You know, I get free unlimited access to our Taskhaven coaching network, so I can actually do a one-on-one video call. So I have a personal trainer uh, through the platform. I also have several coaches. I've actually got my dream team of coaches for nutrition, for what do you eat, right? Yeah, and that's, that's what Taskhaven is, is uh, it's basically a you know, a thousand person coaching network. We've lined up almost a thousand coaches in 30 different countries. It's a 24 seven network and they're all instantly available. Kind of like Uber. It's really easy to use. You just go type in, I want to lose weight and boom, you know, somebody, uh, a coach that you can instantly video call with right there through the app. So, so I have a sort of a network of people uh, that makes me feel like a mini celebrity that I can have. And, and that's what we roll out as a benefit. So all the companies that have rolled out Taskium and have their employees globally have this as a benefit and they can have unlimited coaching. So I tend to do um, yoga, you know, occasionally I'm still kind of learning. I'm sort of a beginner to that. Yo- yoga's tough. I have, I have no attention span for yoga. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I do. I, I'm, I'm sort of an experienced meditator, so I'm able to separate my thoughts from, you know, from myself. And, you know, I, I tend to do a little bit of that. I'm also a little bit advanced in my knowledge of strength training. And so I have a bunch of coaches that are helping me, you know, with weightlifting and progressing in that area. And, uh, you know, I have a diet coach and trying to do more plant-based eating these days. And, and so I have a coach kind of walking me through do's and don'ts and helping me understand how I feel and, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, leadership coaches, career coaches that, you know, as I try to form Taskhaven in the mold of, you know, where uh, we want to take it, you know, I, I tend to get a lot of help from different people on the platform, but that's that's how convenient the platform has made it for me personally as a CEO of this company. So can I give you like a real example? Let's say I'm like struggling with my eating. And uh, just not eating healthy choices. Do you have like nutritionists on there where I could like, hey, build me a meal plan for the week, <laughs> something like that? Yeah, that's exactly wow. right. That's exactly you. Literally type the following into the app. We have a search engine that works pretty much like Google. You don't have to come in and search for nutritionists. You actually come in and search for uh, healthy eating or meal plan. That's literally what you would search for, and then instantly you're going to be able to connect in seconds video call a coach uh, all within the platform and that's exactly what it's intended that's fascinating so what's the how would you describe the difference between your tool task human and like a employee assistance program yeah that's a great question it's a it's a little bit like uber versus you know old school taxi right and to be honest uh, you know with eap programs they give you a 1-800 number often or a set of articles to read, or if they actually have people you can talk to, it's a long process, right? You have to fill out forums, you have to call a different number, you know, it's not at all easy to engage in EAP programs, which is why EAP never has, we've never come across a company that says, man, we're so happy with our EAP program, everybody's using it, right? (laughs) You just rarely hear that, because it's kind of hard, and it's meant to be just uh, something thrown over the wall and Maybe if you're desperate enough, you'll actually use it. With Taskhaven, the user experience is completely different, and we don't waste your time with articles and videos to begin with. Everything is instantly, you want something, you instantly talk to somebody uh, and a real life coach and an expert, you know, in that topic. So the fact that you're able to, like you go to Google for articles and videos, but where do you find and instantly get access to people? That's what Taskhaven is. And because it's so easy, in seconds, you're literally like punching a button and 
video calling through your app as a coach, you easily go from thought. You can think, I want to run a marathon, boom, marathon coach on task game, right? You want to think, hey, I've always wanted to learn kickboxing. I've got 20 minutes left, you know, during the day. Can I go on to task game? And yes, go tap on task game and kickboxing, boom, you've got a coach. Just put their phone or tablet down where they can see you. And you've got a live instructor helping you with learning and doing 20 minutes of kickboxing. So that's the difference between us and EAP is EAP is hard and not at all fun to use, doesn't have the coaching network that we have in the, in the thousand different areas of your work and personal life. Whereas with Taskhuman, you get all of that. Yeah. And I've heard with EAPs too, they're just severely underutilized as well. And I don't know if it's because it's not a an easy experience. Like it sounds like task human is more of a platform marketplace where it's easy to, to find uh, and match with whatever you're looking for, but with an EAP, like, do I really want to call a 1-800 number and then maybe hear back and connect with somebody who's an expert in a specific area? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know. Cause I haven't really experienced either, but yeah, exactly. And that's most people's experiences. If you've actually used it, it's just, uh, and it's very pointed, right? You may have an EAP for, you know, legal or, Maybe they'll give you some resources. They're not all as comprehensive as what Taskhaven is. And certainly you don't video call with anybody. So you know, it's tough to have a 1-800 number and then do an activity with them, right? So we've just kind of modernized how easy it should be to find and engage experts and feel like you're supported, right? I mean, ultimately, humans are social beings. And, you know, if we can support each other in that intimate one-on-one -on -one call, right, it's not a group class where there are 500 people, it's not a live YouTube video, right, you know, where it's one-way broadcasting, you can't ask questions. It's not a recorded YouTube video, which is a different experience, and it's certainly not an article about fitness, right? <laughs> and that's a different experience. When you connect live over video call instantly with somebody and you get going right there, that's like having an army of experts living in your neighborhood, like it used to be back in the cave person days, right? You know, when you're in a cave and, you know, everybody you knew was around your cave, you had a person for everything. Like all human knowledge was right at your fingertips. You just pointed that person and asked a question, right? We're, we're kind of trying to bring that type of a support structure in the modern world. And, and Task Human is a representation of that. Right. That's how easy it should be for you to have a guy for nutrition, a gal for, you know, physical fitness, a, a person, a career coach, uh, you know, somebody we haven't have pastors, ministers, chaplains on the platform. So if you wanted to, you know, progress in your understanding of spirituality or or even pet coaches, by the way, if your pet is running around eating your pillow and you don't know what to do, you style up, uh, you know, pet coach. Right. So we just think it should be that easy because it puts that human touch back in, into your life. The, the thing that's going through my head right now is like, this is a technology that's in between people interacting with the tool and then the specialists, the coaches. I imagine you're collecting a ton of data about what people need, what they're asking for, what they're spending the most time on. Have you collected some of that? Like, what Have you looked at where maybe people are needing the most help? in maybe the last year? Yeah, no, we, we do that all the time. That's that's our bread and butter, right? We take a lot of pride in understanding what people want and then, you know, delivering, you know, those solutions to them. So uh, most people over the last year on Taskhuman, you know, because we have a thousand, literally a thousand different coaching areas in Taskhuman, right? Ranging from mindfulness to meditation to, you know, yoga and Pilates and kickboxing and career coaching and leadership coaching and spirituality and, you know, and so on and so on. Because of the breadth of the topics, when you give this platform to people, what do most people spend time on? 
think of it as a pyramid. So, you know, coaching areas at the bottom of the pyramid are the most frequently used. And then coaching areas at the top of the pyramid are as needed, used on an as needed basis, less frequently used, but on an as needed basis. So things like pet coaching would be at the top of the pyramid for most people, right? Because you, you get the help. And then after that, you hopefully got the solution. And then you may not call them again for a while, right? Until your pet is not doing your stuff anymore. And you know, you call the pet coach again. But things at the bottom of the pyramid tend to center around physical fitness and well-being, mental well-being, that type of topics. Things in the middle would be career and leadership coaching and so on. So things at the bottom of the pyramid are yoga, right? A lot of people are doing daily yoga sessions on Thanksgiving. You know, physical fitness, right? The person who's really into losing weight is working out, you know, not only are they getting advice on how to lose weight, but the personal trainer is right there. So you can just, you know, go to a gym, dial up a coach and watch them, you know, have them motivate you as you're struggling through your, your squats or your deadlifts or whatever else you're doing, right? So, so physical activity tends to be at the, the most frequently used along with, you know, people who are practicing meditation, mindfulness, you know, things like that tend to be more longer journeys, if you will. So here's an example, a personal example for you. I'm dealing with some severe like sciatica problems in my, you know, my back and I'm just like miserable. Could I go, you know, like look up somebody who can help me with some stretches or something like that that would help maybe reduce some of that pain? <laughs> yes, absolutely. In fact, you know, sciatica is actually and back pain in general is one of the more popular reasons why. I bet. If people are sitting at their computer all day, like they're, they're probably just miserable. I think that's how mine started. Yeah, spot on. I got to say, though, disclaimer, we don't have any doctors on the platform. So no diagnosis or, or treatment of a disease, right? But... Uh, we do have, you can actually type in sciatica and you'll have a lot of strength and conditioning coaches that can walk you through exercises to relieve the pain. And that is absolutely part of any, even yoga instructors, you know, doing yoga, you know, with certain, you know, poses that you avoid, but certain things that you do um, can actually help you with, you know, with relieving pain there. And that is a very popular use case in our platform. Yeah, I love it. It's such a such a cool tool that you have, and uh, just a really great discussion. I appreciate you coming on, Ravi. Anything that you want to just say in parting, any or you know, share a, a way to contact you. Anything that you'd want to share with listeners before we part? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, folks, it was really a pleasure to be here and share our thoughts. You know, on on well being and you know how companies are doing more and. You know, we really hope that, um, you know, you get a chance to go check out Taskhuman. Uh, if you want your company to roll out Taskhuman, just, you know, give us an intro to your head of HR, uh, your head of benefits, you know, any of those uh, kind of roles that you have. We'll, we'll sell them. This is super easy to convince them to launch. A lot of companies are doing it and it's the ultimate benefit. Um, so if you're a CHRO and you want to learn more or you're a head of benefits or L&D or talent acquisition or DE&I, let us help you with how Taskhuman can help bring one-on-one coaching, group sessions, all of that stuff to your company. Uh, you're going to feel like a hero because your employees are going to thank you for it. This is exactly what our customers, you know, whether it's Zoom or Juniper or um, any number of, you know, other companies around the world that have launched Taskhuman um, tell us their employees love it. Uh, we get pretty high engagement on an average on a global population, whether you're a thousand person company or a, 10,000, 20,000 person company, we get 60% engagement globally. We're really proud of that. It's not an EAP like Brandon and I discussed. You know, it's not going to be 5, 7%, nobody using it. 
it's really pretty high. And it's because of the one-on-one coaching kind of aspect that we bring to the table. So please come up to our website, you know, drop us a note. It's pretty easy and we'd love to help your employees with this. And Brandon, you know, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me on your podcast today. My guest today has been Ravi Swaminathan. Ravi, thanks for coming on. Thank you, Brandon. 